Hey, people, this episode of episode number eight of Sports Debate Tuesday is brought to you by Endless Summer Beach Volleyball, Beach Volleyball National Events. Come play with us. It's also brought to you by New York Varsity Sports. Watch me watching you. Episode starts now. You know, usually I'm in a singing mood, but it's been kind of a somber few days, you know, so I I don't think I'm going to sing about this, but we do give the people what they want, so I'll just say it instead of sing it, okay? I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer here. I'm trying to keep it neutral, keep everybody up. This is a good distraction, and this is why Rob McLean is here, my brother from another mother. Rob, keep it McLean, McLean. And also, guess who's back? Back again. (laughs) Guess who's back? Guess who's back? Guess who's back? It's Miranda. Gagne. Oh, give plug in our other sponsor. This is sponsored by Say it with me. Purell. Did you hear her voice? Clean your hands. Uh, <laughs> don't touch me. Yeah. Wash your ass. Hashtag don't touch me. <laughs> Wash ass. <laughs> All right, so we got a special guest at the end of the episode, uh, Chris Chips. I'm going to call on, and he's going to talk about um, uh, how, how it relates to sports and how it relates to Washington. He uh, Washington right now, as far as the United States, is the one hit, uh, it's hitting the worst. So I um, wanted to have him on the phone. and um, We actually talked for an hour. Half the stuff off the record, I don't even want to talk about it. It's worth its own, po- its own episode, <laughs> you know, because we got in the politics. Politics and we got into, right. you know, um, world health, health and wellness, which is more related to the option instead of this. So, Miranda, what's the first question? All right. Amid the coronavirus, the NBA was looking to finish the season mid to late June. Rob, <laughs> should the NBA finish the season, go to the playoffs, or suspend the season? Um, now I understand what they mean about the about being connected to Space Jam. Um, <laughs> because honestly i I just feel like they have to kind of suspend the season because that's just where we all are you know you you don't really know where this is going and there's a lot of information going out there but the uh, the idea is that you know we don't we don't want it to all happen at once you know we're so so interconnected it's basically yeah you can say it's the flu or it's worse than the flu but it's just very contagious, so it's something that we all have to look out for. And if it was contained in certain areas, maybe we can go upon life in, in a different way. But I think for now, everything is going to be suspended past the time that it, it, it has been, you know. And I think it's going to be a couple months, you know, before we know anything. And I don't think they're going to be able to, you know, restart the season, go into playoffs, break other seasons up, and go back to some normalcy. You know, I think it's just either going to be a suspended season and, and you know, kind of like, uh, what, what was it, uh, 90, 95, 96? One of the years. You're talking about baseball? Uh, no, uh, okay. basketball. One of the years in basketball yeah. when, when they had a shortened season. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think it has to be suspended. It's just uh, kind of kind of the deal. Yeah. All right. My turn? Yeah. All right. Rob McLean. <laughs> um we the the NBA's shortened season, if you remember, that happened in the beginning, so it's much easier to navigate from last year to 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 the next spring. Um, this is certainly a different case because it happened in the middle, where you you um you have to cut it off and just like pick it up where they left off, like nothing happened somewhere in the middle. And I think they should because there's no harm in actually scheduling a date on when they can start again. And if this virus continues, this spread continues to remain the same, they can also just postpone postpone it again. Um, I think. As far, I mean, the owners are always worried about revenue. Um, the players are, you know, worried about contracts. You know, uh, there's a whole bunch of stuff, the politics, collective, collective bargaining agreement, what's said and what's not, how much. If you get paid, there's a, um, a nuclear option for the owners that allows them not to pay the players if the season's canceled or whatever and this and that. And, and you know, it's crazy because they get paid for load management, but they, they don't get, gonna get paid for actually not playing games in a season. So so this, uh, I, I disagree only in a sense because the worst case scenario is they can schedule a date where they can start it up or at least just shorten it to like, just the playoffs or whatever and then if if you smell a rat or if you smell a virus then then you just cancel it and you cancel it indefinitely i think it's um um there's still a lot of information out there and it's too soon to know how bad this is but from what we've gathered every day the more we gather every day the 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 worse it's becoming so um 
uh, am I prepared to debate you for five minutes, ten minutes straight on on the wine and this and that? Uh, um, a little bit, yeah. But I, I mean, because we know this is getting a little bit worse. Where there's martial law, there's there's shutdowns, there's there's um, people not leaving their houses. There's there's you know big events. I mean, we're talking about this right now because there's no sports. <laughs> This is a conversation right now. This is Sports Debate Tuesday, people, because there's no sports. So for me, I think if everybody does the right thing and if the right thing that they think works, then maybe pick it up in May. Um, have it going to July. You know, uh, maybe some people got to leave for the Olympics. I don't know. I mean, I don't, we don't even know if that's still going on. I mean, to to them, that's, that's still going on until it's not. Um, so I only disagree with you in a sense that that it doesn't, it doesn't hurt the cause to actually schedule a date where people can come back and and play the worst case scenario from there. Hmm. Any thoughts, Miranda? No. I agree with you guys. Yeah. How, how have you how, how have you disliked or liked sports on the TV? I've been a little happy about it. I'm not gonna lie, <laughs> but <laughs> shout out to all the girlfriends who have to suffer ESPN all day. Um, <laughs> But now there's just been more golf, so it's just worse than usual. Yeah. Do you want to put up that <laughs> all um, excerpt? All sports, anytime. Let's check it out. Yeah, the the, the lockout, which lasted more than six months, yeah, yeah, yeah. To, to 50 regular season games per team. 50 regular season games. Honestly, the last 50 games are what people watch anyway. You always have these like sports experts saying it doesn't matter what happens before Christmas, and I think that's bullshit because sooner or later you have to put yourself in a position where you're you, where the first round it, it helps to play the lower seed if you have injuries, you have people that are that yes. are whatever this and that. I just think it depends on whatever team you are. You know, if you're a real championship team, I don't think where it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. You get into the playoffs and then you make that your season because it's really two seasons. You know, you're getting through, you're maintaining your the first season, and the second season you're trying to peak. Right. Know? So, I just, uh, <clears throat> yeah, NBA is, is is a little different. Where, uh, <clears throat> yeah, it's just difficult because there's like it's like a truncated season, like it's small, but uh, yeah, it's a lot about maintenance and then it's about peak and then, you know, best players and. No, all that stuff. So, no doubt, love basketball. No doubt, love love, especially the last few years. Like the NBA has, you know, I, I don't know what's why it's become so nostalgic the last few years, and my my interest is generated. It's probably because if if you're a Knicks fan, and they've gotten so bad that you just you know if you want to watch, watch basketball, you got to watch the other teams. Then you watch the other teams, and they're good. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's a bias uh, perspective that comes into it, or not. Yeah. Cool, man. Hey, let's move it along. We got it. I like it. All right. Longtime college and professional coach Rick Patino lands in Iona to head up their basketball program. With the pay-for-play scandal and allegations against him, Jason, is this a risky hire? Um, no more or less riskier than if they hired anybody else. Um, if the worst-case scenario comes where there's all this, this shady stuff that, that came, whether he knew about it or not. Listen, I'll say from the, from the beginning, whether you know about it or not, if you're the head coach, and you got to fall on that sword. It's not fair to the head coach, but that comes with a position where you're getting paid hundreds of thousands of dollars, if not millions. If it happens under your watch, you fall on that sword. Anybody has Any kid has a problem with you playing glorified babysitter on when you, where you should go to bed, what time you wake up, they can go kick rocks. You know why? Because they can always point the finger at the coach and the coach falls on that sword. So I never saw a kid that was worth <laughs> that was worth $1.2 million. I mean, I'm a $1.2 million babysitting mofo. Okay? Now, so with that being said, um, everybody's like, well, there are other qualified coaches. Oh, why? You know, of all the people, all the candidates, why? You know, why, you know there's so many bright minds out there. Why him? Listen, there are many bright minds there, right? But when it comes down to championships, when it comes down to consistent Final Four appearances, it's maybe four. We, we're talking four guys, all right? And Patino's one of them. I'm gonna go to uh, and the floor is yours in a minute, but I want to give you give you give you his rundown, some highlights. Boston University, first NCAA appearance in 24 years crazy. Providence University led the team to the Final Four. By the way, the, the point guard for that team was Billy Donovan, who's now the head coach of the Oklahoma City Thunder. Mm-hmm. Um, Kentucky, first NCAA title 
and, and, and quite a while, that was 1996, got him to the Final Four and two Elite Eights. Goes to Louisville, same state, big no-no. <clears throat> Wins the wins the chip there in 2013. Two, two Final Fours, two Elite Eights. The Knicks, coached the Knicks, got them to their first uh, uh, division title in 24 years. As a Knicks fan, I, that's where I first met the guy. I didn't know the guy from college. I only met him because he coached the Knicks. Mm. And then he coached the Nets for some small stint and then decided that it's a player-run league and he'd probably rather stay in college where... where if you fall on you fall on the sword, it's at least your responsible. You know, at least you're the one responsible, right? In the NBA, you the players are in charge, but if the players lose, the coach is, resp- is responsible. So, so most coaches they could just make money; they'll stay in college. So, okay, he was under investigation for pay for play. Now, pay for play is different than what the policy is now. Pay for play is basically they were um, sponsors were giving people money to go to the school and make and and you know make have future endorsements waiting in the wings. I don't think he knew about it, but again, he fell on a sword. He had to go to the principal's office. He went to Greece, won a championship there, of course, in the, the, the Euro League, and now he's back. He's, I thought he he took he spent his time in the principal's office. Maybe came back a year or two too soon, but I'm glad. And and, it, and is it a risk? The answer is yes. Uh, so, was it a risky hire? Um, no, because Iona could always use help like that. He's a you know a top talented coach and that's not the thing is, is he is he a talented coach absolutely and you see that from his track record everywhere he goes he does great things and he makes great he makes great teams that's the, that's the one thing for me is i don't really see great players from him right you know, it's all about buying into the system being about what his system is about and it's very run up and down play defense you know play the zone defense play the full court defense like basically fast break hustle yeah. you know all about hustle so um and there's nothing nothing against that but i i just have never really been a fan of his teams um but they've done great you know a lot of talent in this area and that's that's what iona can take no matter what the risk is that they can bring big level people to their school again and be able to break into that uh you know yeah. elite eight or top sweet 16 or get into the tournament consistently so, yeah, and it's um, important for New York basketball, right? When you think of New York basketball college, you don't think of Iona. Iona's been average at best a, a lot of the years in a weaker conference. Yeah, I mean they've been in the tournament. That's that's the big deal. It's like they've been there, they've been around, like uh, they've been in the game to get in. You right, know, they've been. I, I I don't know what conference they're in. Um, I, it might be the Atlantic or whatever. I uh, but um, um, if the conference is an automatic bid, yeah. I think they're the best of that lot. I, I mean, so they've, they've been, been pretty around. average last three years. The last three years, they were 40, a total of 49 and 47. Right. Um, but you, you take a team that has a great coach, you know, and even if they do or didn't, don't have a great team, like a Shaka Smart from VCU a couple of years ago, ooh, you know, and yep. he just kept taking them in, taking them in, take yeah. a couple upsets. And that's all it really takes. Like, you don't, so few teams can win that tournament. You have to be on such a run, you have to be such a team. It's very difficult to win the, the you know, March Madness. Um, so just to take a couple games out of the first round, second round, third round, you know, that's, that's you know, almost a pinnacle for most of those kids. So. Yeah, but for him, have you noticed that everywhere he goes, uh, at some point you're, you're in the Final Four or you're winning? Right. Hundreds of teams, hundreds of Division One programs. I've never heard of Iona being even sniffing the sec- second or third round. Well, you again, know? you know, big big coaches attract big talent. You yeah. know, and that's like you were saying again. It's not a <clears throat> players driven league. It's a it's a coaches driven league. Right. Where they're going to bring the talent. They're going to tell you what we have, what we're going to do, and they're going to make it happen. So. Yeah, man. Different right. games. So definitely risky. Definitely risky. Yeah. But worth it. Maybe not. Well, yes, now because the NCAA is pretty much broken. They don't have any jurisdiction now on pay for play. It's you know, pay for play is what it is now. Yeah. Well, pay for play is different now in the sense of course that it is, but they're only profiting that. from their likeness. That's not mean. Back then, pay for play was a different definition. Totally. It was literally, here's some money, right. <laughs> come play for me. But you the know? Re- but, but why? And yeah. is the reason. And that's why, right. like, we we changed the words and all that. But basically, yeah. they just you know gave up. Because oh. they can't really win. But I, you can call it your likeness. But yeah. Okay. Well, I'm going to give you this much money for your likeness, and then you should be able to go to this school. But isn't your likeness at least splitting the difference? What do you mean? Because I mean, let's say they don't 
profit from their likeness. Let's say you don't pay them to play. Let's just say it's a strict rule. And you want these young people to be entrepreneurs. You want them to be young leaders or whatever. And by the time they get out of school, they have no, they have no, no, no experience. And I, 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 th- I think profiting off of their likeness is at least a situation where it's not everyone gets paid except for them. You know what I'm saying? I get sponsors on this show. We get, we get, we get, we get paid just talking about it right now. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Uh, first take. The coaches get paid. The coaches have um, radio shows. They get paid. Um, ESPN gets paid. Every, everyone gets paid for the, except the kids. So I'm not saying let's pay them to play. But if someone's interested in them and says, hey, you know, there's a, sti- a stipend. Come on our show and talk about it. Why not? Why the hell not? It gives them it gives them a leadership experience. It gives them, um, um, op, you know, opportunities. A lot of these kids, um, if you look at team GPAs, what only football front line people are the ones that are three point eight. You know, well, and I, I don't ever think the issue or the problem is is in the good side of it. It's always in the loopholes and how people can take advantage of those situations. Mm. You know what I mean? So because uh, no rules ever created to to be like, mm. oh, we're, we're trying to prohibits you from doing certain <clears throat> things it's more just like you know curb the the imagination towards you know something more productive than right i think if productive. well i think if there's if we're citing as a pretext that you are trying to protect the kids that's fine i'm, I'm, I'm cool with that well, i mean they got to make something to, to live yeah. off something other than ramen noodles yeah well i mean look we can go in and out of sports and talk about where everyone's trying to protect the kids but when it comes to them profiting, it's like f the kids Right. I mean, think about how old I mean, how old do you have to be to serve in the military? Right. You you can you can you can hold a gun and shoot someone from the other side of the world that never met you in your that, that you never met in your life before you can actually drink an alcoholic beverage. You know, so I mean, Legal. I buy into this kids, the you know, kids or whatever and this and that. And maybe it was originated with the best of intentions. Mm-hmm. Maybe the, maybe the road to hell is paid with these good intentions. Who knows? Huh? Wow. Yes, <laughs> how much time we have for that? Right. <laughs> yeah. Cool, man. Hey, it's warm, got warm in here. I like it. Mm-hmm. That's a debate. What's <laughs> up, Rob? Let's keep it going. All right. We're going to switch over to the NFL for a little bit. With Dak Prescott and Kirk Cousins being franchise tagged and Ryan Tannehill receiving a contract for $118 million with five oh! guarantees. Come on! Rob, is time running out for Tom Brady? <laughs> uh, no. And the reason why is because all these teams could add Tom Brady and just get better. I don't even know why they franchise tag Dak unless they don't think they're going to get Tom. So mad. Kirk Cousins. I mean, it's disgruntled. So they're going to have a disgruntled quarterback for a year. Kirk Cousins, they don't believe in him enough to even give him a long-term deal. So another disgruntled quarterback. Yeah. And then Ryan Tannehill. Kirk's going to play it Oh, up. man. Kurt's going to play. What if Dak sits? Tennessee Titans. A bad franchise. Bad franchise. They just went to like the Washington Redskins, the the Cincinnati Bengal level, Mm. Detroit Lions. Like literally you take out Barry Sanders from the Detroit Lions. What have they done? So like you like they have moved into the, the Miami Dolphins echelon. Who makes that deal? They just made themselves a possible, uh, a possible playoff team for many years to come as opposed to a Super Bowl contender. Right. That's terrible. Yeah. And and the thing is, is even if they said, Oh, we're going to lock up a backup quarterback and we're going to, uh, and we're going to, we're going to, you know, draft somebody and build them up. You got to do that for the next one. Six years, one eighteen, six years, five years, like 65, 65 guaranteed. guaranteed. That means all your money's locked up. Just in that so guy. all you got to do is behave himself to the numbers. first game of this. Yeah, that's Derrick Henry. If you pay Derrick Henry that, I'd be like, okay, he deserves that. You know what I mean? Even at a running back position, you do not pay Ryan Tannehill that. You do not pay Ryan Tannehill that. You can get any of those rookie quarterbacks and have a better quarterback than Ryan Tannehill. Because all you have to do is do the Peyton Manning check downs, give it to Derrick Henry, hand it off. Look downfield, look downfield, pop it off Derrick Henry. Like, it's not a very difficult offense. You do not pay a quarterback that much. But the question is, is time running out for Tom Brady? No, actually, I think that the more that he waits, he's going to find a situation because it doesn't matter. He's a 40-something-year-old quarterback. He can be Peyton Manning, as I like to say, where you can just you can have him in there. You can have another young guy. Throw the young guy in there when you need to kind of get the offense when the offense isn't going well so that Tom doesn't, you know, break a leg or something like that, and then pop him back in there when you really need him. It's kind of – game's changing. So, yeah, Tom Brady, 
just because there's like he's like a field general. You know, you take a team like Tennessee. Oh my gosh, if they really that would be amazing if you went to Tennessee still. But you take a team like Tennessee who needed somebody just to like get him over the edge. You didn't even need him to play better than Ryan Tannehill. You just need something as a leader there, and you know they screwed up. So hopefully they you know put big money into quarterback and Tennessee gets both. But damn man, damn. <sighs> Rob, McC- Rob McLean, before I answer this question, is Tom running out for Tom Brady? That's the question, right? I would like to convey my personal uh, baffled confusion, if not disgust, that you can pay Tannehill $118 million, 65 guaranteed, and you don't look at the running back, but the Dallas Cowboys can pay their running back, Ezekiel Elegant, Ezekiel Elliott and not take care of your quarterback Mm -hmm. there is an ultimate reversal going on with the Tennessee Titans and Dallas Cowboys where that that is just absolutely ridiculous it is ass a 9 it is ass a 10 it is ass a 12 so I just want to get that out of the way before I talk about Mm -hmm. my man my man my boyfriend Tom Brady Mm. that's right my boyfriend's back bigger than before hey la hey la Anyway, is Tom running out for Tom Brady? In the beginning, I thought it was because as these quarterbacks are starting to get uh, franchise tagged and as the, the contracts and money started flying and money starts running out, the people I thought the people that could afford Tom Brady, um, even if they wanted them, they couldn't get him because they already spent money here and there. So it looked like a fast-closing window, but then I thought about who we're talking about here. Are we talking about a, a, a quarterback? Who's in it for the uh, for the biggest contract? Hell no! That man took a he took the bargain basement deal for the best coach of all time and wound up with nine Super Bowl appearances and six Super Bowl wins. That man is in it for the juice. I'm not saying you ain't got to take care of him. You got to. He just doesn't have to be the highest paid guy to switch over. All right. Mm-hmm. The man wants to play. The man's strengths. He feels his strengths could play to the needs of other programs. Where Bill Belichick keeps. Uh, um, a lot of people think Bill Belichick just keeps giving him no one to throw to. You know, three guys in a crowd from Massachusetts, Dor- Dorchester. Hey, come on down. Want to play wide receiver? Yeah, short white guy. You can play the slot. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. It's all right. All right. Just stand there. Turn around. When you run, turn around. Let me see your numbers. I'll throw it to you. So I want Tom Brady. I didn't want, I wanted him to retire a Patriot, but because of what's going on and because they're, they're sitting there talking about this I don't know nonsense to the man who, who, who brought prominence to, to, to New England and has solidified his legacy as the best quarterback to ever play the game, is going the Peyton Manning route. And now all of a sudden, Rob, I'm sitting here, I was ready to debate with you to be like, talk about how crazy you were. And you, you're still crazy, but you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Peyton Manning went to the Denver Broncos. Mm-hmm. Two Super Bowl appearances. The last Super Bowl just set up the structure where all he had to do was throw a two-point conversion and let that defense take care of the rest. Mm-hmm. All right? Broke broke records, actually, that first run. Right? He 50 touchdown passes, this and that. The man was breaking records. Um, you looked at Joe Montana when, when Joe Montana got hurt in the early 90s. Now, I'm bringing people back. And Steve Young came in, and they had to play the young and old game. Montana's like, all right, I'll go to the Kansas City Chiefs. Took the Kansas City Chiefs to the AFC Championship game. A couple of plays away, lost to the Buffalo Bills. Subsequent loses to the Dallas Cowboys. Their fourth Super Bowl loss, by the way. So, I do see this repeat thing of an older guy with good experience who stayed healthy, who didn't take a lot of damage. And even if he did did take damage, he took it like a man. His nutrition is on point. His star power is on point. And uh, uh, the the Chargers, who I didn't think were a good idea, I think is now a good idea because unlike Rivers, he knows when to bring in people to protect as opposed to just, you know, having five wide out or just, you know what I'm saying, just doing that run and gun type thing where Rivers took a lot of shots. Brady knows how to call audibles. The coach, any coach would give the, the give him the autonomy. So um, is time running out for Brady? Hell's to the no. I think he's got two more seasons in him, or two good seasons. And any team that's ready to win now, how about the Jets? Forget that guy from USC. Bye. Bye. Go sit down, okay? We all like no quarterback from USC anyway. The last quarterback that played for the Jets, that played for USC, ran into someone's butt and fumbled the ball on Thanksgiving Day, okay? Give me Tom Brady. Wouldn't be terrible. I would not be hating, I would not be hating on that. Nice. So where are we at? 
Some good idea, bad idea. Actually, we're gonna we were gonna do some good idea, bad idea, but I, I wanted to um um reach out to 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 my boy Chris Ships, who's um uh, in from Washington. Was just talking about what we're about to talk about. What's the last line on this? Read the last line on the on the page for me, because it's my favorite line. Um, and it was said by Max Max Holloway, and it was said by um Max Kellerman. Anyone whose name was Max is making sense. Um, what does it say? Virus, treat it like you have it, and you don't want to spread it. Does, did everybody hear that? Miranda, well said. Man, your voice and diction is on point today. Rob McLean, the best way to treat this virus <laughs> is to treat it as if you are infected and you want no one else to have it. Keep your distance. Isolate yourself. Social distance is not, uh, 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 well, try this thing. Social distance, in this instance, is a real thing that will help prevent this virus from spreading. So Rob is in my house, but he we ain't touching each other. We barely even fist bump. Miranda, I usually give this girl a hug. We ain't hugging. No, no in this case, it's... Listen, I always say more drugs, less... More hugs, less drugs. This today is more drugs, less hugs. That's so true. <laughs> okay, so, so it's one of those things where um, I got my guy, uh, Chris Chips, and I, I just wanted him to talk about it a little bit. And um, I think I got him. Asking if I'm calling you. What's up, Chris Chips? Can you hear me? Yep. All right, cool. Have, hey, uh, hey, hey. Yeah, I can hear. How's he on the sound? Good. Everything's good. All right. Hey, Chris, you were... Awesome. The reason why I'm calling you is you, you, you put up something on social network, and um, where you talked about a friend that almost died, and, um, yes. and they use an experimental drug to actually yes. help save his life. And 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 I, I came from a caring place. I didn't know the guy, but I care about you and, and I care about you, your family and friends. Thank but you. the reason why it hit me because was because of what you said after that. And I want you to yeah. share that message with everybody else. Well, let me just, just so everybody knows, you know, that it's a fraternity brother, a good friend of mine. He's not a smoker, incredible guy. Um, I think he got it while on vacation. I'm not sure. Uh, I don't want to be, you know, putting out any false information, but he has been sick with it over 20 days in the hospital. Yes, they gave him an experimental drug that was used for Ebola. What he said was he's lucky to have gotten the drug. Uh, it was flown in from California. Uh, he was lucky to get it because he was one of the first people that were contracted this in the United States. Uh, he didn't, they didn't offer him the drug, actually, until after he was on his deathbed. He said he was close to death, and they said, you know, there's an experimental drug. Would you like to try it? And he's like, are you freaking kidding me? I'm about to die. I'll let you try anything. <laughs> and, uh, What's it going to do, kill me? Am I going to die faster or die, you know? Anyway, so um, he took it, and it's been, uh, he, he put up the x-rays of his lungs, you know, fully with the disease, which is, it shows all black, like literally all black on his lungs. And then, uh, you know, as the drug is starting to take effect, it, it, they show another slide that has, uh, let's say, about three quarters or a little bit more than three quarters, you know, some sort of a breakup that's happening in all that black. And then uh, the, the third picture that he put up was it, it was starting to progress even further. It was saying, let's say, it's a little bit more than halfway starting to break up out of the uh, picture. So there is some sort of recovery happening, which is, you know, for all of us out there that are wondering what the hell is going on and, and can we, you know, get through this besides just uh, your natural immune system. It looks like there are some things that might be able to help us. I don't know if he's, you know, out of the woods or he hasn't posted since uh, it's been about three days. But my reaction to that was, you know, I lived in New York just you did just for a long time. And uh, there are a lot of people there that, you know, uh, think they're greater than God. Um, and yeah, that's what I was getting made, to. Yeah, just because they make money, um, basically, is what it comes down to. Or they have a, yeah, they've had a bubbled life, and you know, there hasn't. I feel like the slap rule should be in in effect. It's like, you know, people got to slap somebody once in a while just to have them realize, you know, what the reality is around them. So after witnessing so many different posts from, you know, I've got, I think I've got close to four thousand something, whatever people on my uh, social media account. Um, I was seeing mockery. Like every third post was mocking this virus, mocking people's reactions, 
um, and, and one in particular, which really sent me into to actually putting up that post, was another fraternity brother of ours uh, who had put up a post of him with a corona case empty on his head saying that he checked in on Facebook safe from corona, but he can't really find it because he doesn't, you know, he's like, I checked in safe, but I can't find it. I don't know where it is, making a mockery that it's on top of his head. And he's like, is this really happening type of shit? I'm like, it's just so insensitive. You know, there are people out there that have real problems in their lives, whether it's getting the virus or not. You know, people are stopping their lives right now. Their livelihoods are going down the tank. Um, people have no idea where, you know, uh, where we're going to look to for, you know, the future and our lives, a lot of people. And it's just really crass for people that, you know, literally not understand that, the, you know, just because you're in a bubbled life, and you've been privileged to have that ignorance in, within your life that, you know, other people aren't going through real shit. Um, in fact, another person that lives in Texas put up uh, uh, just a cartoon meme on my on my post, on uh, an earlier post, because I was making comments that there wasn't a response from the government at all in the beginning. Uh, and he put up, he said, coronavirus, here's a tissue. Literally, like a cartoon of uh, one of the Scooby-Doo characters giving the ghost a, t a tissue. Um, and I'm like, this is just absolutely ridiculous, you know. And it shows, you know, the level that of our society is at right now when, you know, people feel uh, free and willing to put up something that, you know, has no reality or basis for other people's lives. And they're just mocking you know, when people are going through these really tragic situations. And, and it's got to stop. Um, I believe, obviously, when you you see somebody in power, um, that you start to mimic them. You know, we see it in social circles all the time. People mimic people in the way they dress and they yeah. act and the influence. It could be even the priest in your, you know, in your church or, or you know, rabbi in your synagogue uh, that you want to emulate and you start to act and, and look to, like that person. Yeah. And, re and re receive, having, I call that uh, received opinions. Yeah, exactly. It's, you know, uh, and, and when you're trying to emulate somebody within your social circles or whoever it is, or when you see this in, you know, and uh, from people and they're mocking, it's just, it, it just, it shows you that, you know, people have already prescribed some sort of a feeling in their lives and it's wrong. And we got to start saying it's wrong, and we got to start telling people it's wrong yeah. because people are really. And this is, and this is a. It sucks that this we have to go through a fucking tragedy like this. Um, you know, world tragedy yeah. uh, to get people to really just start to screw their heads on a little bit uh, differently. Yeah. And uh, that's why I put it on the post because I'm just sick of seeing this over and over and over again. Yeah. We got to so, start saying something. We can't just keep on, you know, sitting on our hands so, and, and just letting the comments go. Yeah. So, so Chris Ships, um, uh, for everyone watching, Chris Ships is um, long longtime beach volleyball player. Actually played in the AVP in Manhattan Beach last year. Played with Bobby Jones. Um, <laughs> pretty pretty good win. And um, and you have your own. You have a dispensary in Washington. Um, no, Oregon. I'm in Oregon. Oh, you're in Oregon. Yeah, but, I have a recreational marijuana dispensary in Oregon. Yeah, yep. which I call, between that and Washington, I call a de facto ground zero as far as like the coronavirus hitting the United States. So you look at the number of cases, you look at the number of in intense cases, uh, and not to mention the deaths that resulted in these cases. Um, right now, it's very, very um, northwest heavy. Do you agree with that? No, completely. And and it's actually, um, my jaws on the ground kind of hanging. Yeah, nice question. We've done such a limited response in our state when we're so close to Washington. I mean, at the dispensary I was working the other day because actually a few of my uh, my staff are sick. Uh, we don't think it's with this, but the, you know, just the common cold type of thing that's going around. And they've actually gone to the doctors and whatnot. But um, so I've had to work. And people that are coming in, a lot of them are tourists coming in from Washington, Ohio, you know, Utah, a lot of the surrounding areas. And I'm thinking to myself, like, you know, we're not stopping. We're not. We're not doing anything like other states. Or, excuse me. Other countries are doing. There's. You know. There's no stop and check. Uh, there's nothing. And yeah, we're we're kind of ground zero because if you can get in a car and drive anywhere between you know four and six hours, you're in Oregon. You know. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I believe that we're really very close to it, and I wish there was more checks and balances that were going on right now. I believe if we did do something like that like they're doing in Italy. My wife's sister has been living in Italy for a couple of years, and she's, 
she's dealing with it um, normally. She's not going crazy, and, and all the people in Italy that are dealing with the situation are kind of dealing with it rather than freaking out, not knowing what to do just because they've been shown uh, a response. You know, we've quarantined this area. She's in Milan. So they're like, listen, we quarantined this other area. It's about an hour and a half drive from Milan. Don't go there. So they kept on doing their lives. And then they said, okay, listen, it's coming closer. Curfews. Okay, curfews. We get it. No problem. Step by step by step. Where we're kind of like, yeah, it's five, four, three, two, one. It's going to be gone. Here comes hallelujah. Oh, it's back again. It's 10 times worse than as I said before. Uh, it's going to be the end of the summer. It's next year. It's two months from now. It's on next Wednesday. No one has any idea what the hell to think or do. And the information is so confusing that it's you know, being trickled down. So that's what kind of made me put up the response. And it's just like, listen, this is real. Yeah. We're all dealing with it. Stop being insensitive. And, you yeah, know, stop being hopefully. an idiot. Yep. I mean, let's hope we all can get through this together as human beings and, uh, you know, best of love and wish to everybody that's dealing with this in any way because yeah. everybody is getting, you know, crushed. It could be a kid from school or your job or whatever. Everybody's like, you know, have these big question marks on their lives. So. Yeah. Uh, Chris. Yeah. So, Chris, I got uh, Rob McLean with me. Rob, you, uh, do you have Stop anything? Rob. You got a question? How you doing, man? Uh, yeah, so... Uh, I know you're in the Northwest area, and uh, mm -hmm. you know we're we're in LA area, and I have family in New York, and um, yeah, just like you're saying, there's a lot of not bad information, but there's just a lot of information on both sides of where, you know, people want to, you know, stay calm, but then you know you also have to prepare. Uh, I know our yeah. grocery stores are pretty, all the shelves are pretty pretty empty over here, and um, uh, I, I I'm not sure it's the same same up there. So yeah, it's just, same up here. It depends on where you are in the area yeah. and how, you know, we're in live, free, die, fucking wild or whatever hard yeah. area or whatever they want to say up here. And so, you know, there's a lot of people that are denying this, uh, uh, you know, live free people. Uh, so you got, you know, towns that are, are less uh, active and uh, towns that are more active. But in general, I think the information is starting to trickle down through everybody. This is real. Mm. Uh, and, yeah, there, there's a run on the stores yesterday. Uh, Cape Brown, the governor, uh, made a declaration about, you know, pickup from from restaurants. This is kind of echoing what you guys are doing down in California. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, all the know, bars are closed. All, all the bars, all the, all the restaurants. The, um, all the restaurants. Gyms. Yeah. Some, of the, some restaurants are staying open for pickup. And um, restaurants That's like Good have. Stuff are yeah. doing like 50% capacity. Um, yeah, which, which I think is a, is a good idea. Um, I, uh, Rob, uh, before you ask your next question, I think it is you have less of a chance of contracting a virus from a restaurant that's half full than you do having 100 people stand with each other like a zombie apocalypse uh, at Vaughn's at a supermarket. Yeah. You have a better chance of, you know, cash changing hands, the register and all these people, people putting, uh, grabbing stuff off the shelf, putting it back. I mean, I don't know. Give me a McDonald's drive through with three employees that have been tested. <laughs> truth yeah I don't, I don't even know what we're going to do we're thinking at the dispensary to you know because we have windows there for service um uh, like bulletproof windows and stuff so we with little teller slots underneath so if we get to that we'll do some uh, window mm -hmm. service they haven't stopped it yeah. for us for food and beverage we're wearing the masks and the the gloves at, and sanitizing yeah. constantly at the location but you know this is a what's, virus it's extremely hard chris what's your function at cb cbd again I have Calibre CBD. I'm owner of Calibre oh, CBD. Oh, that's right. You're have, founder. And, yeah, and I also have uh, hemp farms here in the United States, all over the United States. I consult and whatnot. Boy, that, do I have some friends for you. <laughs> yeah, and, and my, I have a new store that's about to open up, and it will open up as a CBD uh, store first, and then it will convert into a dispensary once the licensing is acted, yeah. activated. Excuse me. So yeah, uh, heady and head into all that uh, hard. Hopefully this next season, you know, a lot of the farmers. That's another point that no one's talking about. What are we going to do for our, you know, supply sure. chain? Uh, a lot of my uh, nutrient supplier companies, uh, they're like, "Are you guys going to grow this year? Are you going to grow your crop, your hemp crop? You know, what are farms do doing?" I just talked to a friend who was an engineer on a farm out here, massive, massive farm. I said, "What's going on?" He's like, "Ah, we don't even know." We're showing up to work. We could be working from home. 
I said, how's the farm side of things? He's like, well, they're still working, but, you know, people have fears and they don't know what's going on. And I said, well, what about production? He's like, well, we'll still be able to do some production. There's a lot of it's, you know, with machine-driven, uh, and there's not that many people that work on a farm anymore. Uh, it's the it's the after-the-picking part because um, right. it takes a lot of labor to, you know, package and put it together. So, uh, you know, you'd have to have social distances and stuff like that. So they're... You know, the farming industry is kind of taking a question mark as to what, what they can do to keep the supply going. And and then are we going to start converting, you know, a lot of our grows here, um, whatever they're growing, to more crops that are uh, less readily available? Right. You know, is there going to be a shift? Uh, and all these things are starting to be just talked about. Uh, and then, you know, of course, then follows the insurance side of that and, uh, crop insurance and all that. So there's a massive shift going on in our supply chain that no one's really talking about. But trying to figure it all out, trying to sniff it out, make sure that, and it seems like everything's going to stay up and going as long as this, you know, runs yeah. its course. Hey, so before you go, um, I'm going to go around the table mm-hmm. like all four of us. Um, because we've done a lot of research um, from all the way from Joe Rogan's podcast to you actually talking to um, infectious disease MDs um, yourself. And I want everyone on the table to give everyone listening just one piece of advice, the best way to to avoid contractionists. And I'll start I'll start with my with me. Um, if you I'll start with myself, if you can, if you're in a position where you can work from home. We have the luxury of working from home, working from home. Okay, my significant other works in finance. Guess what? That's the capital group. They're spending a month. They're probably going to only, going, only going to go to work twice. Um, Miranda, go ahead. Um, I would say for the people who have to be out in public or me, myself, I'm around kids all the time. So just take the most precautionary measures you can. I keep wipes and hand sanitizer with me at all times regularly, so this isn't really affecting my daily habits Mm -hmm. that much. Um, I would say more just keep people in check around you if you have young ones in your life that you're taking care of, especially now because everyone's sent home. Um, Just reinforce positive habits to the kids because that's they're the ones who's who are carrying it correctly, right? They're, yeah, they're well, carrying it and old not, people and kids yeah. are the most susceptible. Yeah, they, they carry, but they don't have symptoms as much. Rob McLean. Um Yeah, just uh, wash your hands. You know, before when you get back to the house, so you keep your house like a more healthy place, and you know, all as wash as much as you can. And that's 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 really the this is just right. if you're sick, stay in house, quarantine yourself. Yeah, uh, everybody Chris. within that house, quarantine themselves. Absolutely cool. Mm-hmm. Chris Ships. Uh, social distance. Does anybody know what fucking six feet is? Because we should be keeping each other. I mean, we fucking but we freaking bury know? people that way. I mean, I, I don't get it, you know? I'm walking down the street and people are looking up. I'm like, hello, six feet. Can't you see it? Like, you know, six feet will help. You don't want any sort of vapor coming out of you or anybody else that's going to then attach to you and then you carry it someplace or into yourself or whatever. So six feet would be probably the best thing that you can do besides you know being clean in any which way yeah definitely all right well chris thank you so much i i look forward to having you on my podcast the option podcast when you come into california we have to make this happen because what we talked about off the record is just really interesting stuff it's podcast okay i completely agree thank you very much for the opportunity you guys all be safe and everybody out there that's listening please be safe uh much love to everybody thanks jason all right perfect love kid bye Thanks, bye. All right, guys, that was Chris Shipps. Thanks for calling in. Pretty cool guy. I know you didn't get a chance to talk to him, but next time he comes through to California, Rob, you'll love him. He's just um, a uh, great minds think alike. And frankly speaking, I'm surprised that you guys haven't <laughs> that you haven't talked uh, much sooner. Um, I think as far as business relationships and just how people think, um, you know. And he also sponsored Ricardo or whatever and this and that. And I'm, I'm like, maybe you should sponsor someone that actually oh, no. <laughs> actually uses actually, your product. Yeah. <laughs> like Joe Rogan, right? He's, well, Dollar Shave is a sponsor. Guess what? He uses it to he shave. Does. You know, uh, um, Squarespace, right? Like, I, I like having sponsors that um, that if I'm going I'm gonna to promote them, I'm, you know, it's someone that not only do yeah, I believe in, but if I'm, I have an opportunity, I use it myself. So, so let's wrap. Hey, let's wrap up with... Um, 
with um, good idea, bad idea. We have, we usually have true or false, but this this section is going to be called good idea or bad idea, and we, Rob and I, are going to give ourselves <laughs> ourselves a minute to respond. So, go ahead, Miranda. All right. Good idea, bad idea. Colts interested in Philip Rivers. Uh, good idea. I mean, the Colts need absolutely any opportunity to get a better quarterback than Jacoby Brissett in there. Um, Jacoby could be a good quarterback in a couple years, but he still has been bounced around too many teams. He's just not able to blossom fully as a quarterback. He just needs more time. But uh, Phillip Rivers, you know, ended the career. That could work really well where, again, he's learning from another quarterback, and it's a great thing. So um, the Colts just need uh, a quarterback also because the rest of their team is drafted so well that, again, they could have another great draft this year. They have a lot of great draft picks. You get a Phillip Rivers, great team, great team, great great upper uh, management there. Cool. Well, I say bad idea, and I'll tell you what, and I only got seven seconds. If they can't protect Jacoby Brissett, they're not going to protect Phillip Rivers. And then we have the... (laughs) (laughs) That's the end. (laughs) (laughs) All right, next one. Good idea, bad idea. Cardinals trade David Johnson to the Texans. All right, I think it's a good idea because I think David Johnson was one of the premier running backs and it came to, came into the league with so much promise. And anyone that's played fantasy football, you're always dra- he's always in the top four, and whoever got him is always drafted a lemon. All right, they don't protect him well enough. They stack eight in the box because they're daring a quarterback to throw. Arizona's always had good quarterbacks with their their um with the the, the guy from Oklahoma um being probably being the best guy they had uh, Murray. Uh, yeah. uh, um, so it's one of those things where at least the Texans provide some protection uh, and they got protection schemes they have very good off um uh, head coach and i think he'll flourish under the texans hmm. yeah uh david johnson man he just gets hurt too much uh, eventually when you're running back you get hurt too much you just you just dead weight so i think it's great that the cardinals got something out of him because they're a building franchise but the texans you know hopefully they get something out of him like arian foster Arian Foster? Oh, my goodness. I imagine ha- having, like, David Johnson and someone like Arian Foster oh, under man. those things. Isn't that great? It would have been great. It's pretty cool. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I'm trying not to get in the ring twice. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I thought you were just doing it to make me happy. Yes. Um, almost. <laughs> Good idea or bad idea? UFC keeping their events. Go. A uh, bad idea if they're not going to adhere to some sort of social distancing or, or some sort of per- precautionary uh, measures because uh, you don't want anything bad to happen to the UFC. You don't want them to have a you know a bad name because they didn't you know keep healthy you know keep the health of their fans the the most important priority. So um, hopefully they can just do a no fans and and empty the stands and and everybody can watch it the same way. Everybody should be watching it right now. So. Yeah, I, I listen in a, in a sport where you have a better chance of getting staffed than the coronavirus. I still say it's a bad idea. You got a whole bunch of guys sweating, even though they keep their camps uh, secluded and small. It is still, as far as social distance is concerned, a uh, 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 num- uh, number of people that exceeds double digits. Once to me, once it hits ten, it's a bad idea. All right, even in these empty arenas, we have coaches over here. We have the announcer over there. That's a total of ten to fifteen people. Bad idea. Sometimes you just need to call it. Sorry, I love it. Ladies and gentlemen, our hostess of the Moses has the giggles. And there is nothing, there's not a better sound in the world. I laugh. When she laughs, we all laugh. I swear you, I swear to God. Not at me, hopefully. Okay. Good idea or bad idea? Red shirting winter in sport. Wait. Red shirting winter in spring sports athletes who miss more than half their seasons from the outbreak. Rob McLean, I think that's a good idea. Listen, you you you're a basketball player. You, you your team sucks for three years. You finally get to your senior year and you're good. First chance you're gonna uh, maybe qualify for the big dance, maybe in a decade, if not your if not all four years, and all of a sudden it's done, and that's your eligibility. No, actually redshirt them, have another ch- give them another chance to play another year. The NCAA will love it because they get to profit off you one more year, and everybody's happy. And for the spring sports, volleyball, they didn't even get started. Redshirt, straight up. 
So, yeah, I think everybody should get redshirted, not just, you know, one athlete or another athlete. I think the whole season, because you got all your championships that, that ended this year, ended a lot earlier than than, uh, <clears throat> than, the, than the Riders happened. Um, it just kind of messed up everything. So I think just this whole year can kind of just be put off, and then uh, that would be the best. So good idea. Yeah, it is a good idea. Big up. I mean, Hawaii, University of Hawaii, NCAA, looks like, looks like they actually have a shot, even though we don't think so. And now... That's all we got to say. <laughs> there you go. Oh, my God. Listen, people, we love you so much. Thank you for tuning in, and hopefully we're a good distraction. And as you can see, we spend much of this episode being distracted. Um, listen, it's a long-lived sport, and even though a virus delays that, we still embrace it. And now we have a chance to reflect on the good things about what sport brings, which brings us all together, where we can have these conversations and make it possible. Rob? Yeah, man. Let's just... Uh keep calm you know let's not get too crazy and just uh keep helping each other get better and uh i think in a, in a month's time we shouldn't be in a lot better place where at least we'll have the ability to go out and, and do things so yeah just don't um, go down we'll be there miranda um she's like what he said <laughs> <laughs> i would just say be nice to people at the grocery stores and maybe don't hoard all the stuff yes so i have to say be respectful of the people who actually need Stuff. Yes, people got babies. Not, babies not one need person milk. should get every single item of something in a store. You, there's Thank you. no. Come on, people. Yeah, you got to do better some, than some, that. Some superstore limits. Get with it. And, for, and listen, I, since I got the camera here, listen. Can you please, when you buy stuff, if you know something's a perishable item, if you you know your freezer's full, don't buy it. Buy it for someone else where, where you know it's going to spoil in your refrigerator where someone could actually use it, okay? Um, non-perishable items, you're stocking up like a nuclear missile is coming. That's ridiculous. Let shopping take its own course. If you, you go shopping and you, and you go by the regular deliveries, everything is fine, okay? We're not going to run Nobody's, out of anything. No, no it's, it's insane. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty ridiculous. I mean, yeah. look, for people like me who, who I have a family, I, I, I'm already good for a, I was good for a month before that. And for the people who are looking for items like milk that run out go to the local bodegas okay i live in hermosa beach and there's the um the boat the, we don't the, say the, bodega here the they lo- don't know what that there's means. the grocery store a little mini <laughs> little mini grocery store by the hotel got whole milk there in fact there was more than enough where so you go to a supermarket that's supposed to have like milk and mass this place has it um place had toilet paper of course everybody's out of prl like it's supposed to be the the cure for everything um but let's be let's be smart don't be an idiot out there you know How's that sound? Yeah. Shout out to Trader Joe's for putting limits on how many things people can buy. Absolutely. That's all I got to say. Absolutely. It's insane. I'm, I'm <laughs> really? not, I mean, yep. Hey, that's a great way to finish for all of you at home. Hey, from Miranda, my hostess with the Moses, welcome back. We miss you and we love you. And for the great Rob, keep it McLean. McLean, I am Jason DeVis. And for all of you, be safe. Love you. See you next time. Come check out the Option Podcast on optionvb.com. It's also available on iTunes and Spotify and on YouTube under the NY Varsity Sports Handle. You're going to love what you hear.